Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 21st episode of Talk Local. Today, uh, we are in uh, Beer Geeks in beautiful Griffith. There's Highland. This Highland. This Highland. is Highland. Close. Beautiful Highland. I never know when it comes to like the 40, what is this, 45th? The borders are kind of, yeah, sketchy. Yeah, I get. I actually had a physical map that I brought out yesterday for the guys to really show them this area. Yeah. In all its glory from 25 years. It's like a puzzle years. piece, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, we're at Beer Geeks. We're mobile. Uh, this is the first time we did a talk local there. If you're if you're following us, we took the took it to the road Sunday through Provecho, um, and it kind of went good. This is the first one we're going Facebook Live to, so uh, Jason, thanks for being our guinea pig absolutely glad, glad to do it yeah and so i when, when i when i wanted to talk to you i think we talked like saint patrick's day yeah. about you coming on the podcast and right. one of the things i was really interested in is just i've always gravitated towards your uniqueness and artistic like, creativity and i guess staying true to the passion of craft beer in this yeah. establishment yeah. and then every time i started talking to you more and more it's like then the music side came oh, out yeah. you know yeah. um yeah. and so i was like well we gotta have you on then at that point so thanks for coming on oh, glad to be here man thanks for having me yeah appreciate it thank you um so uh we first started conversations with the craft beer contest you Mm -hmm. donated a gift card so thank you for doing that um and for the people that maybe don't know um what can you tell us a little bit about your history and background and maybe like when you started the place yeah we we opened in uh september of uh 2010 um which i think was a a perfect time to, to get it going too because in retrospect looking back i think if it was earlier than that it might have been a little bit too soon but that was right when it seemed like right after that happened it started kind of really taking off the whole craft beer thing and um i just always wanted to start my own business you know i I had a good i had a good job i was making good money but i had these ideas in my head and uh and uh and i was really getting into the craft beer and i'm like there's nothing around here like this i mean you saw a couple places might have had a beer here or there but uh no one really had craft beer front and center um on their tower i would have to go to chicago like local option or map room uh, danny's you know places like that bad apple sure but uh there was nothing like that around here and um i'm like let's do so we looked around i looked in valpo i looked in crown point looked at a bunch of different spots and um found this place and i thought it was this is the perfect size i didn't want it too big i liked the low ceilings because i knew i wanted to do live music and i thought the place was really conducive for that and um just jumped head first into it man it took everything i had dumped went into it and um the rest is history i guess so this is uh so 2010 you're talking about yeah i think right now it looks like it's 2018 and everybody sees the craft beer craze oh the boom insane let's talk about what 2010 looked like in craft beer because we're we're really talking about what two breweries three breweries locally you had floyd's obviously they had been around the, the the beer their beer had been around since 96 i think they'd started doing the beer we used to i i was um i had a buddy that would he was good friends with nick and the guys and we'd run over to floyd's and he'd have empty kegs hey hey nick can you fill up this keg oh sure man what do you want alpha king okay give me 40 bucks you know it was no it was nothing it was so like just you know he'd throw in the back of his car we'd go to his house hook it up on his little kegerator it was so different and then that was and then the pub opened in like 06 i think but even then it it it, it was slow getting started i think 2010s right when even for them i think really started to hit but you had figure eight had just opened mm-hmm. crown brewing I, th- I think was fairly brand new the first their first crown fest was that summer of yep. 2010 i think crown predates figure eight 
but but not by Possibly. much. But yeah. not by much. They were all right. Right. Shoreline yeah. had been around. Yep. Um, but as far as locally here, that was that was about it, man. And then it, you know there were a couple of places that I would go bone dry. I would I would hit up in uh, right on Ridge Road there, Joni's place, and she would have some craft beer on tap. Um, but again, there was nothing. No bars were doing it front and center without right. the without the macro stuff without the uh people call them domestics but they're not they're not really domestics it's this water is domestics yeah, yeah, yeah these yeah. are the stuff that's made here that the money stays here but anyway that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> that they she would have some beers she would have some good crap beer. she was in tight with floyd's so uh i would go there um but uh yeah this was um like a breath of fresh air, I, I'd like to think, as far as like just something completely different sure. and new in the air. We were non-smoking before the law, before it was popular, trendy. I had zero macro on tap and never have to this day, nothing. Which is crazy to yeah. think about. Yeah, back then that just, it, 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 you know, it wasn't done. What was the initial response? Um, of course you get a lot of people coming, hey, well, you know, give me something that tastes like Miller Lite. Hey, you still get that on occasion. But uh, I, it hit. It hit well. I knew it would do well. I was very confident that it was gonna do do well because, like I said, I was right on the cusp of getting. People were just starting to hit it, you know. And uh, but it, I think it happened even quicker than I expected. I mean, within six months, it was. We were already doing like really well. You pull up here on a Friday or Saturday night and eight eight nine o'clock, and you couldn't find a spot out here. I mean, from from early on, you know, from the first year, probably. Sure. So. I knew it would do well, but I think it it did better than even I expected, as quickly as it as it did. So interesting. Yeah. Why this area, in particular? This is where I lived. I live. I'm from Illinois originally. Okay. Um, grew up in the South Suburbs, Park Forest, and uh, moved to Sherville uh, and bought a town home in uh, 2007, I think. Yeah, 07. So yeah, I wanted something close to home. I looked at other spots. Locally, like I said, we looked in Crown Point. I looked at Valpo. I even looked at the old Alaskan Pipeline, which which almost happened on more than one occasion. Really? Yeah, that was all. That could have been the first Beer Geek location, and it was actually almost a second location after this one already opened. But you know, for whatever reason, things fell through. So um, interesting because that's like yeah. a unique place, right? That spot yeah. in that corner of Thirty. It's like oh, it's a gas station now. Yeah. They finally <laughs> yeah. tore it down. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and that was like you—you you always drove by there. It's like one of those places that everyone who lived in the region knew yeah. existed, but no one I knew went in there except for Matt. Actually, I think Matt's the only guy yeah. now that ever yeah. went into the Alaskan pipeline. But he's yeah. a—he's a—he's an immigrant, and from he's here. still alive to talk about. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so 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 that's a crazy way to think about where the craft beer industry was when you started this, because it yeah. really was you were landing on Plymouth Rock for this. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, in a way, it was—it was you know. I had other, I was friends with other bar owners that would tell me, "Man, you're crazy. What do you? You can't be in Indiana and not have be non-smoking. What are you nuts? You got to have Miller on tap. You got to have something." Yeah. It's like I'm like, "No, man, I'm not going to do. I don't want to. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do this this whole other thing." And like I said at the time, I was in a good position. Even if it hadn't have worked, I would have been fine because I, I had another job and I was doing well. That was before my daughter was born, so I was I was set okay. But uh, but I, I was really confident that it was going to do well. So and it, and it did, and you know I'm thankful for it. So it's great. Awesome. And so when we talked about it, like even in the intro, is like you know the your 
I guess, passion and the way that you kind of like stay under the creative side of craft beer, what makes you love craft beer, I guess? Is it is it the artistic side of it all and to stay true to that passion? I would say so just, uh, I originally I think what drew me to it is I've always, I've always wanted to be different. You know what I mean? And this was something that I, when everyone loved Transformers, I liked GoBots. <laughs> You know, what I mean, just because. So you have contrarian small, in your blood a little. Yeah, bit. a little bit. You know, just get like I don't want to be. I want to be different than everyone else. I don't want to. You know, try this. I never drank beer in college. Believe it or not, I went to Eastern Illinois University, <laughs> four years. Isn't that the birth of didn't Jimmy John's? It is the, the birth, birth of That's Jimmy right. John's is in Eastern Illinois. Jimmy John's. I remember Jimmy John's. I didn't go there a whole lot, <laughs> but I remember seeing it there. Uh, I was more of a Hardee's guy, okay. <laughs> but uh, or McHugh's for for any EIU people out there that remember. But uh, I wasn't a big beer drinker. I um, I dab all my roommates did. You know they'd get hammered every every weekend and uh, every day that ends in Y in between. But I, you know I didn't drink a whole lot. I would do mixed drinks occasionally, occasionally beer. But I think what it was is I just didn't like crappy beer. And then when I discovered craft beer, I'm like, okay, now this is good now. This I like. I should sure. get with this. What was the first uh, one that turned you on to it? Uh, I've got a few. Uh, um, Breckenridge Vanilla Porter. I okay. wasn't into the IPAs in the beginning. So you went dark. The, the bitterness of the IPAs, I, I didn't grasp. Now I can take it. It can be tree bark. Oh, yeah. Like, And I can do it. But back then, it was. Uh, uh, I liked Breckenridge Vanilla Porter, Castile Rouge, which was like a, like a sour brown ale. Um, were some of the early ones and then it wasn't until a little bit later I started getting into like I could do like a Sierra Nevada pale ale okay. or Bell's Two Hearted and I started working my way into more hoppy more bitter uh, flavors and like I said now I can you know bring me more keep, keep them coming oh yeah but uh yeah, back then it was um, more of the darker stuff. Well, Breckenridge is an interesting style. one because that's a Colorado beer, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and we I actually had the first time. Josh, you remember the name of that beer uh, that we had at uh, Rosati's a couple days ago? It was like a stout. It was like a and it was from like, Breckenridge. From Breckenridge, it was like an Irish stout, and it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. it's on tap right now. Is it really? Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> nice, nice. That's an incredible beer. That's an incredible beer. Real nice. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Guinness was a good one too. That was another one I you know like Guinness. Um, a Murphy's, uh, the dry Irish stouts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Beamish was another really good dry Irish stout back in the day. But yeah, kind of milder. I, I kind of eased into it, you know, with the, with the uh, and then I started getting into the more bitter, hoppy stuff. But it was more dark beer uh, in the beginning. Sure. And so. when it comes to like a uh, place, a little bit of uh, where we can, from a distribution side, where you can even find that stuff, because it almost feels like it was kind of a collector's thing at yeah. one point, you know? Right. Yeah. It, uh, even like the distributors, like Indiana Beverage, which back then I think it was Monarch, was was the distributor, and then I think InBev later, I think they bought the rights to distribute Monarch in this area. Monarch may still exist, but I think it's more like Indy, like more uh, Southern Indiana. And then you had Cavalier, Calumet, but uh, I was like their only account. <laughs> you know, like, so every and and it wasn't as readily available back then. So they might only get five kegs a week. I'm like, yeah, I'll take them all. I didn't have to worry about stepping on anyone's toes because no one did any of it. Right, so, right. so whatever it was, yeah, bring it, send it, send it up here. You know, now it's a little bit different. You have to kind of, kind of weave your way in between. I'm like, nah, 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 I'll pass on that one because this guy's got it. You know, but back then it's just like, yeah, send it, send it all. I'll take it. I'll take everything. You know. Oh yeah. And uh, it it wasn't as, um, you know, you, you might get founders KBS and a little five gallon drum back then uh you know there might be three kegs in the state of indiana now now there's now there's five half barrels in this town 
Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. so it's yeah. it's so different now than it, than it was back then, coming from a distribution standpoint. Well, when we were talking off camera, you were talking a little bit about um, how like your selection has evolved from yeah. the beginning to the end of what you bring on tap. And I know some of it's just by supply, right? Sure. But you were saying you were a little bit more domestic, especially giving those earlier ones, I guess, the opportunity to get a tap. Uh, more of the like local guys yeah yeah, yeah you know like as, now it's a little more difficult sure is it well as the local guys started popping up um you know i i would i would jump on it right away like hey come in here and you know put something on tap and this and that but you know as other places start opening and and everyone's kind of trying to do the same thing um you know i i kind of ease back a little bit ah, let those guys do that just again going back to the whole point just just trying to be different just trying to be unique and um, nothing against any of those brewers. They did great stuff. I, I know all of them. They're all great people. But just I just want to be different. That's all. So it's kind of in the beginning, I was doing Crown and you know you name it. They were they were all here. Um, but you know after a while it's like okay I gotta I gotta kind of do my own thing here and kind of switch it up a little bit. Sure. So. so so when it comes to selection then and you know that's like it's it's really randomized and you're starting to kind of say that well you're trying to stay unique. How do you how do you think the craft beer industry can stay unique inside this realm right now, if possible? And where do you see it that's maybe tough, even going? Man. It's tough. That's, uh, yeah. Well, that's it's kind of a it's a double edged sword really. Uh, it, it, it's like it's interesting and it's fascinating in a way how it how it's been such a contagious uh, effort you know from everybody opening up these breweries are pop God it seemed like for a couple of years there every month there was a new brewery yeah. popping up and this and that and I'm thinking well this is this is all great but you know I think back to the housing market what oh eight oh nine when all of a sudden that bubble that kept getting then all of a sudden and I'm like uh, you know Route two just closed down and <laughs> yeah, Lowell yeah. You know, so it's like, well, it, it's awesome. I, I hope everyone does well, but we'll see. If it doesn't get, you know, supply and demand, it can only get so much. And every new place that opens, all you're doing is you're you're cutting that pie up a little bit thinner each time. That slice of pie is getting smaller. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's great that people are into it and everyone's jumping on craft beer on one hand, but on the other hand, oof, you know, hopefully it doesn't get too much because then it's. It's like Kings of Leon, you know. Everyone loved them, and then everyone else started listening to them, and it's like, ah, you know. They were my. Yeah. That's funny you mentioned that. They were like my favorite <laughs> you know. band. I saw that one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to was Kings of Leon at the Aragon. They yeah. came out on Halloween, and mm -hmm. they were all dressed as vampires. Nice. And it was before like their Sex on sure. Fire blew up. Sure. And it was one of the best shows I've seen. Yeah. And then like literally two years later, I couldn't even go to a yeah, show you anymore. Could care less now. Bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I had them here, you wouldn't come see them. Bro. Well, well, this <laughs> one's, this is really tight. This yeah. is a really tight place. Yeah. I'd probably check that out. Yeah. Because yeah. at least yeah. you know you're going to hear some. Like right. I, I can hear right. Slow Night So Long but, in but the, you know the bucket. What I mean, oh it's yeah, like, it's like a new song that comes on the radio, and and you just listen to the same song over and over and over and over again. And two weeks later, it's, eh, you're done. Yeah. You know. So it's like you know, I, I I hope it doesn't get worn out. Right. I guess is what I'm trying to say. You don't want to, you know, when I was in high school, the Metallica record came out, the Black Album, the Black Album came out, massive, and all and all, and all of a sudden. The cheerleaders are buying Metallica records, and my sister's got them. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't cool anymore to listen. I hope it doesn't get to that point. You know, what I mean? it's like when it's underground, and you got to kind of seek it out. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm into something that sure. not everyone else is into. Yep, it's cool. And then when everybody starts doing it, then it's like, all right, 
but you know, I hope I hope we don't get too crazy with it. So we'll, well see what happens. So. I think that we're in like an especially in this area because I think when we did the craft beer contest, what was there? Nineteen breweries, twenty breweries between Crown, like like Jeez. Lake and Porter, yeah. and so that's a pretty tight geographic yeah. area. You and know, fifteen of them are probably less than two years old, or, or right right in that. Oh yeah, that realm. Yeah. yeah. So you're definitely. Yeah. I think you're right. I think eventually that's going to definitely burst. And it's, how do you create? I mean, I guess. We talked a little bit about it before too. It really sometimes just comes down to marketing. Sure. Right. Yeah, it's selling your product. Uh, sometimes it's not even about the best product you have you can do, but how do you market that product? Yeah. Whether it's a name or a logo on the beer, the art, um, the artwork. Yeah, craft beer is still lucky though, where you don't see. Um, they don't have to spend a ton on marketing as far as like, you don't see TV commercials for Dogfish Head right, right. during the Super Bowl or something. You know what I mean? You know, that's still Bud and, and, and Miller and stuff doing all that. But so there's it sells itself in that way. You don't have to do a lot of that kind of marketing. But still, there's so much. You've got to do something to separate yourself from everybody else. And sure. The, you know, artwork and, and your whole, um, just the image that you present of of your brewery. Uh, that's all part of it, that big time. I mean, just as important as the product that's coming out, honestly. Absolutely. I think not yeah. nowadays, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's a, that's a big part of it. Well, you mentioned music as a major component in influence uh, yeah. for you in particular. Definitely. Um, so your background, I, I, like I didn't know this until we talked, was that you're a DJ. Yeah, I DJed vinyl, uh, right? Uh, originally, yeah, back in <laughs> awesome. high school, sure, yeah. I, uh, well, it goes way back even further. My parents were both in bands growing up, both okay. of my parents. So I'd be five years old running around the living room. My parents, they're rehearsing with, the, back then it was disco, you know, disco bands and stuff like that. Funk, a lot of earth, wind, and fire and whatnot. So I grew up around music constantly. So I was buying, you know, I, and I was also exposed to a lot of different kinds of music. So from the time I could get up and walk across the street by myself, I was walking to uh, you know, record stores buying albums, and you know, as you can see by oh, yeah. you know, and I've got forty fives as big as that, you know, for so it, you know, uh, I I definitely wanted to incorporate that into into the business too, and all the, uh, you know, just a wide wide variety of music and uh, staying on point with that too, and, and just uh, new things that come out and uh, being unique with it, you know, sure, um, and then yeah, I got into the DJ thing in high school um, because. Uh, Another DJ didn't show up to my cousin's graduation. He's like, "Well, Jason, you got a lot of records, right? Go home, and get some records." All right, cool. So, I went played a bunch of records, and he, man, you did pretty good. I'm doing a Halloween party at this place that they rented out. Why don't you come do that? Okay, cool. So I got another turntable, and I started going back and forth, and man, I just loved it. You know, and it was because of my love of the music, I think. And um, yeah, from then I got into you know weddings and parties all through college. I DJed frat parties and sorority parties, uh, which is a good time. Gentlemen's clubs. I did gentlemen's clubs really? for like eighteen years. Yeah, that big money, man. I'm sure it's big money. You get to the right club, it's good money. That's how I opened this place. Money I made from gentlemen's clubs. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it, don't it, tell it, anybody. <laughs> Too late. Nah, Too late. I think it's good. Well, no one's listening to this anyway, nah, so it's all good. We're good. Um, the uh, how does how, so? Can you give me some examples of where like the musical influences directly into into beer geeks? Yeah, just uh, trying to uh, 
trying to be uh, I, I like to uh, I, of course I play retro stuff I love 80s and 90s and 70s but I also try to introduce like new music like a lot of the indie stuff that's coming out and all that and uh, live music I love blues again when we started doing blues there was no one doing blues it was live blues around here now it's now there's a lot of places doing it but back then I'm like let's do live blues it seemed like you know Floyd's was doing metal other places were doing kind of like bluegrass, kind of like jam band, Grateful Deadish type. Seems like those were the two types of music you heard when you went to a brewery. So I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go different. I'm gonna go, I'll go, I'm gonna go blues, and I love blues anyway. Had a lot of friends in blues, so started doing that, and um, yeah, just um, I like to introduce people to music they might not hear all the time. Sure, you know, I don't want to just play. Uh, uh, the greatest hits albums. I like playing. And it, back in my day, was you, you put the needle on the record, you play the whole Let album, start to finish. One yeah. of those. Uh, I'm a big vinyl guy myself, and yeah. one of those uh, records that always stood out to me when I just like finally like embraced the vinyl medium, mm -hmm. right? Was um, uh, Abbey Road Beatles because sure. that end of like the first side of "I Want You," she's so heavy, and yeah. here comes the sun was on purpose. Absolutely, and you don't catch that on the, uh, no. the CD or like that kind of medium. No, you know? or if you're just playing a Beatles greatest hits record, you don't get you that. don't get it. it. It was all about a flow. Yep. you know. And I'm a big album guy. Me too. You know, I do album. I like putting the you know I I like the hits too and all that, but I like again I, I like to I don't want to just put Pearl Jam radio on Pandora and let it play. You know what I mean? Same here. I like to be a little bit more unique and different with that with that too. And I'll, I'll play ten or verses or Vitalogy or you know play the whole album. You'll hear a bunch of songs that everybody knows Pearl Jam, but you probably have those songs on there. A lot of the kids now, they probably never heard of them. Never heard of know. them. Are you a big Pearl Jam fan? Oh, sure, yeah. I like awesome. Pearl Jam. Yeah. Well, I was in, I was, I went to college right when all that was happening. You know, Kurt Cobain and, oh, yeah. You know, I, I started college in 90. So, you know, it was at EIU in 92. So, yeah, that's when all that stuff started. You know, and Pearl that's probably Jam, your most Ronnie. influential time, right? In music, for me at least, it was two thousand. I, I went two thousand, two thousand four. Yeah, that time period to me is like some of my most romantic feels yeah. and vibes for music. Sure. You know, so sure. it's like a weird time for for being a fan. It was interesting then because it's you know you had hair metal, which was big mm -hmm. for a while. Like you know that pretty much dominated a lot of the eighties. MTV obviously was big, and then Kurt Cobain came in with "Smells Like Teen Spirit." And the video and everything with the janitor with the broom and whatnot and it just completely changed yep. the direction of where everything was going up to that point and uh it was an interesting time and and that was also you're still in the golden era of hip-hop at that time too oh yeah the mid 80s yeah. to mid 90s so yeah it was it was a cool time to be going to college and partying at that time with the music uh sure it was great you know so I'm a big Pearl Jam guy. Sure. I've seen him. I, I mean, I, I hate to like confessingly say this publicly, but I've seen him 31, 32 nice. times. So they're they're definitely one of my. I've favorite. only seen him once. Really? But I've seen Kiss about thirty four times. Nice. We're having yeah. a conversation about throwing events, and we want to bring in Mini Kiss. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's also a uh, a fem all female Kiss tribute. I think they're called Pris. Really? P R I S S. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Too. It's funny you mentioned that Martin Alexi, who's a local two and nine staffer. He, I think he says that he he's met you a few times. That how big of a Kiss fan you are. Yeah, and I, I totally yeah. forgot about that yeah. until you just mentioned it. Yep, that's awesome. Yeah, Pearl Jam is one of my favorite live bands because they just bring it. The, the the five best I've seen out of that is just like what was unforgettable the first one you've seen? shows. 
98 at the United Center. That that's the one that I was at. Unbelievable show. That's the one. That's the one that I went to. Yeah. You, that I was mean, Yield, right? Yeah. The Yield tour. One of yeah. my, one of my yeah. favorite shows, like albums. And maybe yeah. it's because when I got that's when, when he I got came out, he had the Rodman jersey. Oh on. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eddie Vedder. I remember that. Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah. And that, that's the one and only time I saw Pearl Jam. Yeah. And see, that's the one that made it like crack for me. Okay. Because of that experience live, I was yeah. like, well, now I've got to go to them all. They played Bob O'Reilly from The Who, I oh, remember, yeah. at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was great. That was a good was show. Great. And then they, I think they ended the first encore with a live. Or a the lot. first yeah. set, the set with The first live. set, yeah. yeah. They yeah. always close, I remember with uh, Yellow Leadbetter. Mm-hmm. is the one they always closed out their sets with. Uh, I've seen lots of video live, but I've only physically been to just that one show. So Have you uh, but, uh, have you ever seen Cage the Elephant live? I have not, not in person, no. I check them out. That's yeah. a good one. Is there any kind of uh, modern rock bands that you'd check out live? That you'd uh, check out? Who have I been listening to lately? God, it's, people ask me that all the time to like narrow it down to one and I can't think of I like Japan Droids a lot. Okay. Uh, that King Gizzard. They're pretty good. I don't even know who they are. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard or something. <laughs> They got like this long name, but they do. It's really cool stuff, man. I like. I got a lot of them on uh, on my iPod, and um, I don't know what else I've been listening to. Like, I like a lot of new hip hop too. Kendrick. I like Chance the Rapper. Yep. Um, what I love about both those artists is that if you listen to the album the first time, you're not going to completely under appreciate it or get it. No. You need five not. spins with each one of those. You need to kind yeah. of get at least some kind of romantic relationship. Because they say so many things. Yep. Yep. You know, it, and, and it's the there's so much coming out there. Yeah. There, there definitely isn't. Chance, that guy, he puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah. That guy's giving back so much money. He's not he's not Jay-Z right. or Beyonce with just boatloads of money. You know, that guy, he puts so much money back into schools and, uh, you know, inner city in Chicago. And, you know, he'll call the, the uh, who's that, Rauner, the governor? He'll call that guy personally and just, just chew him out about something. You know, the guy, he's, he's a stand-up guy. Whether you like his music or not, you know what I mean? That guy's a stand-up. He's got a lot to say and uh I think he's doing some really good stuff too. But, uh, yeah, I met a guy uh, last night. His name's Tony Comegis, and uh, he's, he's a huge Radiohead fan. Oh yeah. And I was yeah. so weird. So then that came up with the with the conversation of what's the your favorite bands, uh, studio bands of all time. Yeah. And because I would probably put like Beatles one, just because of like the influence, then Floyd. Yeah. And then probably Radiohead, Beck, Jack White in some capacity. Yeah. For those yeah. when it comes to just pushing the boundaries, you know. Yeah. Beck Beck's always good. Like he always reinvents himself. Yeah. You know, constantly. That album album. to album is a completely yeah. different. Completely animal. Completely different. Yeah. I, again, I remember him from back when he, you know, Odelay and uh, what was the one before that? The one with Loser on it. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't I remember the name of the album, but that was that kind of really catapulted him because uh, that video was big again. You know, right around that same era with the grunge coming out of Seattle, and um, but yeah, Beck's great. He's always reinventing himself and yep. uh, staying at the forefront of, uh, but but staying true to his, his roots at the same time. I think. Right, I think yeah. that's a guy that you'd really appreciate, right? Because Beck? like, yeah, oh, absolutely. yeah, you guys kind of have similar like missions, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, one absolutely. of the things that's really cleared out, not to kind of shift back into the beer stuff a little bit, but at least for the beer geek side is, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we got cameras here, they can see it, but um, the uh, amount of pop culture yeah. in this place. So it's not yeah. only just music for you, it's definitely you've got a pop culture influence. Oh, yeah. Um, well, a big music, big movie guy. You know, I can quote, I, I quote movies and tell you the cares. You know, just useless information floating around <laughs> in my head constantly. You know, just constantly quoting movies. And most of the people, when I say stuff, they don't even know what the heck I'm talking about. You know, but it's it's like I live my life by movie quotes and stuff. You know, so that's kind of where the pop culture comes. Plus, you know, I grew up on all this stuff. 
the OMTV raps and Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, yeah. The stickers and the Legion was, of Doom over there. Oh, rest, huge wrestling fan growing up. I used to go to the UIC Pavilion every month back in the 80s. And, you know, I'd see Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes and all those guys. Uh, it was great. You know, it was great back then. And, uh, I think the first Chicha time. Chong and all. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Then you've got the uh, Care Bears. Sure. I think that's the friendliest. The friendliest character. <laughs> I love the Yoda one too. Oh yeah. yeah, that's the only Yoda's the only one that lasted from the old walls. Like oh, when I had the old walls, one. if you remember. Yeah. Yeah, Yoda was there. He's the only one that made it. Uh, he he was repainted, but but that's the only character that uh, that's still here from the original artwork that was up on the walls. Hmm. Yeah, because the first one that you had, the first uh, was uh, smart people, fiction or nonfiction, right? Yeah, great, so, great minds drink alike was <laughs> was the theme, and I actually I got that from a, a bottle of uh, I was drinking a, a Great Divide. They're from uh, Colorado as well. Oh, okay. And I think it was a Hercules or one of their beers, and on the bottle it said "Great minds drink alike," and I'm like, that'd be a cool theme for some artwork on the walls of the bar, so. So I went with that. So great minds drink alike up on the wall, and just a bunch of smart people. Yeah, I know uh, you had Doc in, on there. Doc Brown. Yeah, Doc. You had uh, Einstein. I remember Einstein, that. Einstein, Mr. Spock. Yeah. We had uh, uh, Isaac Newton. Um, who, who's the guy that was in the? Uh, why can't I think of his name now? He's still alive. Astrophysicist. He's handicapped. He's in the wheelchair. Oh, he's dead. Stephen he Hawking. Hawking. That's it. He just yeah, died Stephen. like two months ago. That's right. He did. He did. Yeah. Uh, he was on the wall over here. Uh, even like Mr. Peabody from uh, from Peabody and Sherman, you know, they invented no the time machine. I have no yeah. idea. That's a that cartoon. That's a whole okay, cartoon. Cool. He invented a time machine. He had a cartoon. Anything smart, you know, real people, fictional people, whatever. It's that was the original, and they'd all be like chugging beers. You know, they'd have all have a beer in their hand. So that was the original. And then I just kind of wanted to brighten things up a little bit after after four years, and just kind of like, ah, let me go pop culture. We'll just we'll do a little. Kind of the same, but different, you know. Oh yeah. Well, well speaking thing. of pop culture, I know the one thing that I wanted to bring up too is the um, the collaboration you guys did with 18th Street. Yeah. The what's in the box? Yeah. Do you talk a little bit about that for, sure. the, for the people? Sure. We had our um, our seventh anniversary was coming up, and um, this is like what f five months ago. Last yeah, last fall. Last, last fall. fall. And um, people would ask me periodically, man, how come you haven't done a collaboration with a you know you've been around so long and you do. And so I was thinking, I was like, and, and I, I had knew, uh, known Drew already from 18th Street. And I'm like, uh, I was just shopping one day. I'm like, I'm going to text him. So I text him, like, hey, what do you feel about doing like a collaboration with Beer Geeks? It's our seventh anniversary coming up. And uh, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm like, you sure? I'm like, I don't want to put you out and make you do something that you're not comfortable with. If you don't, he's like, no, 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 let's do it. I want to do it. I'm like, all right, cool. So, um, I already kind of had a theme in mind. Seven. I love the movie Seven. So I wanted to kind of follow that theme of like seven deadly sins. Seven. There's you know seven colors of the rainbow. So, you know all this you know things that are relative to the number seven. So I want to do something with that. So I already had the name. Like, What's in the box? You know, famous scene. Oh yeah. Brad Pitt. What's in the box? You know, the famous scene from the movie. And I'm like, so I told him like I want to call it What's in the box. I didn't really care what style it was. I, I didn't, but but I knew again going back to uniqueness. I didn't want it to. I didn't. 
I knew if I said, hey, let's do an IPA, they'd knock it out of the park. You know, 18th Street and IPAs, it's like bread and butter, you know? Yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted, let's do something different. I want to do something a little off kilter. So we came up with a, a white stout. We threw everything in there but the kitchen sink. We, you know, <laughs> we had cinnamon, star anise. We had was uh, it dark matter. Dark, there was a little bit of dark matter coffee in there. It, I don't think a, there was enough in there for it to really uh, break through, but there was some of that in there. We had a vanilla bean in there. I, I chopped up. The, there's pictures of me online <laughs> cutting up the vanilla beans and, and putting them in there, and um, nutmeg and just it tasted like. By the time it was done, it was like Christmas in a bottle. I thought it was perfect timing. Oh yeah, for that beer to come out too, because it was right around the holidays. You're starting to get into the holiday season. I thought it came out really well, um, and uh, we bottled, we bottled, we did. I think a thirty barrel batch. Some of it was bottled, but a lot of it was, uh, most of it was kegged. And I think we only had it. It was here, Eighteenth Street. I think Tomato Bar might have got a barrel of it. Yeah, but that was it. It was pretty small, and it was gone like that. Oh, I mean it was. I tried to buy more and it was gone. It was such an infectious beer. It's like we talked yeah. earlier about how like some beers you can have like one and you're done of. Yeah. And when you start to get to that experimental, you would think that would be one of them, but it was such a drinkable beer. Yeah. And like you said, Christmas in a, in yeah. a, in like a, that's exactly what it's tasted like. Yeah. If someone was you know? looking for a stout, because it, it, technically it was a white stout. Which I don't think I've ever had. I think that's my first one. Yeah. there's th- You don't see them a whole lot. I've actually got one up right now called Ivory Stout from Brewlink. And... Uh, I think that one's really good too, but you don't see them around a lot. And people think stout; they want dark, roasty, right? And it wasn't that at all. So, if you were looking to get a stout out of that beer, you might have been disappointed. You may have appreciated it for what it was after you maybe drank it a while, because it was a really good beer. I thought the spices came off extremely well balanced for all the stuff that we put in there. You know, there was lactose in there too, um, but. Uh, yeah, it, it was definitely did not taste like a stout. It, it was a, it was a very seasonal beer. But I, I enjoyed it. I still have a bottle that I kept that I haven't opened yet. Nice. I'll probably save that for my eighth anniversary, <laughs> or maybe tenth. But uh, yeah, I thought it came off real well. And uh, thanks again to Drew and Eighteenth Street for uh, for doing it with me and uh, and the experience. I had a great time with it. it did was, you it Did fun. you actually get in like your hands dirty with that? Oh, beer absolutely. At all? So it wasn't absolutely. just all strategy. No, and, no, and not. Brain. I was there probably two or three times like all day just uh, like I said just, you could probably find pictures of me on Instagram somewhere with gloves on and cutting with the scissors with the uh, vanilla beans and yeah we poured the hops in there and uh, it was fun it was a great experience I wasn't used to getting up that early in the morning but uh, you know it, it was it, it was fun I, I enjoyed it I would do it again did you ever homebrew? never really? never, never did that? never homebrew I was never um I was never interested in, believe it or not, making my own beer. I just wanted to drink it. I just like drinking everyone else's. I, you know, I, I don't know if smart I'd, man. That's a I don't know day. if I'd want to. You know, if I did my own beer, like, oh, you ever want to open a brewery? I hear that all the time because I, you know, the beer and no, not really. I don't. I don't want to. I, I, I don't want. I don't. You know, what if what if I made beer and people didn't like it? I don't know if I could live with uh, that kind of resentment. You know, Michael J. Fox and Back <laughs> to the Future. You know, but. Uh, I just no. I, I already know this stuff's good. You know, what I mean, let's yeah. let's just drink this. this we, it's already been established. This is good beer. I I, I carefully uh, curate my tower. This is good stuff. You won't be disappointed. You don't want my stuff. 
You know, you don't want my beer. I, I don't know what the heck I'd come up with. But so. so at least you do get to like express yourself creatively when it comes to picking the beers. I can do other stuff. Right. Well, yeah. you do still pick the mixed beers. drinks, cocktails. Okay, so you do. I do get that. really creative with my cocktails. Yeah, I mean we do we do the classics. Like I'll do an old fashioned or a Tom Collins. But yeah, we come up with uh, a lot of our own craft cocktails too. That's I can express myself that way. The food, mm-hmm. I can do a lot with the food and be different. Um, so the beers, yeah. Let's just here's the beer. It's it's good stuff. And this is where I'll get I'll get crazy and get uh, awesome. You know, with food and, and some of the cocktails and other stuff. But but there's some there's some strategy in picking the beers. Right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. So when it comes 100%. to picking the beers, yeah, I, I know that you've probably get them mostly through distributors and probably yeah. some direct from the breweries. A few, yeah. yeah. But how do you how do you stay on top of the game of the tasting and knowing what's ahead of it? Is it is it like being in the rumor mill? And hearing the stories and the context, yeah. Or is it just like you get just keep trying stuff at different places? Then like I need that at the at the bar. No, you know what? Um, well, a lot of it is. I, I've got a pretty good rapport by, at this point with a lot of the brewers and a lot of the distributors. They know me. They know what I want. They know what I'm looking for. They know my clientele. Excuse me, and what they're looking for. So. They, they know what to send me and, you know they, they know what I'm looking for and that I've got a, a certain level of uh, uh, quality that I'm looking for and you know I have my breweries that are my favorites that I know are gonna come out with good stuff like I know I gotta have oh Floyd's got a new beer I want I know I want it you know you don't even have to ask me obviously it's impossible for me to taste test everything right, right. before it comes in that's not possible so uh, a lot of research. You know, you look up online, oh, th- these guys got a new one. All right, let me look into that a little sure. bit. Try to research. But, uh, yeah, and, and, and again, just being different. You know, oh, okay. well, you know what? I've seen that over here. Let me, I'll try some out. Unless it's really, really, then I don't care if, if everyone else has got it. Then I'm like, ah, I, I got to have that. But, you know, most of the time I try to pick a lot of stuff that you're not going to find readily available at a lot of places. I'm going to try to stay have a, a, a tower where I represent a lot of styles, realizing that not everybody is into IPAs, not everybody is into stouts. Some people still want Belgians or Germans and stuff like that. So I try to get a well-balanced tower um, and, and just solid beer, just good beer. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. Well, that's the one thing that really stood out to me. Every time I've been here, it's like you can look at the menu and just kind of be like, you know what? Never heard of that brewery before because it's not just local. You're talking domestic craft, right? Sure. It's not always just domestic craft. So there's a lot of breweries. I mean, we're talking about being in the height of yeah. the craft beer world industry craze right now. Sure. So it's like, I've never heard of that one, but it's got to be decent if it's going to be here. Yeah. I mean, essentially, that's that, what you that's think. That's it. You know? it. You know, realizing that, it, again, everybody, everything's subjective. You yeah. know, what, what you think is outstanding, I might not be so crazy about. Just like food or music or anything else sure but if if you look if you look into it if you look online and look at its ratings and so you're going to find that it, it rates pretty well for what it is and you might not be into it but it, it, it's a it's a good beer it just might not be your thing that's cool you know move on to the next i always tell people you know it's like hey, if you don't like what you see come back next week it'll all be different yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all different selection so uh that, that's the key just keep it rotating keep it interesting for everybody and um, represent a lot of styles. Keep the breweries up there that you know are always putting out solid product, and bringing some new stuff in too. But a little bit more research on on the newer, sure. newer stuff. I'll throw it. I'll throw a question at you, and it's not it's not geared to be uh, damning in any way. But um, is there is there certain breweries or beers to look out for? 
um, that you that you think are maybe up and coming or something that you kind of local local locally, locally? yeah or even nationally that'd be a cool one too yeah uh well obviously locally you've got three floyds and 18th street they're always uh you know always putting out solid stuff and and those are i would have to say being honest um people that come in customers whether they're local we get a lot of out of town people in here too um when they're traveling those are the two that everyone's asking me that yeah. they'll ask for. Oh, yeah. What do you have from Floyd's on tap? What do you have from 18th Street on tap? Those two are always going to do well. I love what Burnham's doing, those guys. They're awesome guys. Uh, I like how they think outside the box with a lot of their beers. and They don't just say, okay, here's a, another just run-of-the-mill this or run-of-the-mill that. Man, they're really trying to be experimental and do, and do different stuff uh, while still staying true to, to the original style. But doing it in a different way in their own unique way and i like that um there's so much beer coming out it, it it's hard to keep up with anymore every every time you know every week it seems like cavalier or indie or inbev they're all hey we have these guys now we've got Sweetwater from from georgia we've got this i'm like what i can't i can't it's like constantly getting thrown in sweetwater has been around for uh, around here for a few months now. I don't think I've had one beer from. I haven't had anything. Yet. I didn't even know it was yeah, a thing. Exactly, and it, yeah, because it's it's so much. You know, it's it's like hard to keep up. Firestone Walker just came out. Uh, they're huge out of California. I don't even think it was even that big of a deal when they started when they came out here last month. Five years ago, if Firestone Walker would have came to Indiana, people would have went ballistic about it. But now I think everyone's kind of numb. Because there's so much you're getting thrown at constantly, you know. So to answer, like, oh, what's new? What's coming? Uh, man, I, I, I just try to kind of, I, I'd go day by day, man. You know, I can't even, I get thrown at with so much stuff constantly, it's hard for me to keep up with. Sure, uh, sure. Everything coming out. I'll tell you, the one thing that's really interesting about this for me and as a consumer and a fan of the, of the, of the industry is I'm surprised at how much it's become like how expensive it's become in liquor stores yeah it's wild prices are going up too. they're crazy yeah, they're, and yeah, oh yeah sh- kegs are going up really prices are going up. oh absolutely yeah absolutely prices are going up and so maybe that's part of the bubble maybe maybe that, that's that, kind of all that, attributes that, to that it. might be that might be part of it we'll see what happens you know yeah. it's gonna be interesting um i've got something for you music sure. wise and i've been yeah. asking for, i've been waiting for the right person to ask this question to it's totally hypothetical okay you're in a spaceship is this a desert island question the kind of kind of all right you're in a rocket ship yeah and you're about to take off what song do you want to listen to well the first you know first one comes to your mind is going to be rocket man by right. Elton john right. i prefer the william shatner version <laughs> that would be but, interesting yeah. <laughs> rocket ships taking off detroit rock city by kiss that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Just a da na 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 That'd just, be a good oh, one. And just boom. <laughs> get them thrusters and you're out, you know. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're taking off as soon as that as soon as that uh, song starts to peak, dude. It'd be awesome. But yeah. it's a great intro. You're right, man. Yeah. That'd be intense. Yeah. I thought about the question, and mine wasn't too much more original than Rocket Man, but it was uh, uh, Starman. Bowie. Bowie, yeah. Bowie, just, yeah. Sure. I guess you could probably much play all of his first albums, and that said, you sure, be fine. Absolutely. Again, just drop the needle on. Let's let him play through and just chill. 
absolutely. That'd be great. Anything. Angel's early ones. Man who sold the world. Oh, Ziggy that's, or that's anything. one of the most underappreciated ones. Is Man who sold the world. Yeah. And I, that was one of my first Bowie albums I got. Yeah. Bo, live Bowie '74, I think, was another oh, yeah. one. Yeah. And then um, I've got uh, well, like Rise and Fall, Ziggy Stardust, incredible. Yep. Um, but yep. those, all those albums, Hunky Dory. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I was, I didn't get into him till later. Station to Station, Steel, I like oh, a yeah. lot. And yeah. Then, uh, live at Nassau, I think that was '76. Something like that, but oh yeah, Bowie, that's great. good stuff, man. Yeah, what a decade of music that's seventy to seventy-five to like, especially for that five-year run. But yeah. then, of course, you got the later seventies, which is like New York punk, which I love. Yeah, you know, it's like my favorite. Yeah, the stuff glam ever. scene and the whole yeah, uh, yeah the, right. It went from glam, then punk, and then uh, then like metal, really. Like that's kind of after the punk thing. That was kind of when the heavy, the hair metal kind of set it. Oh yeah, it. yeah. So yeah, it was you know. And everything recycles itself too, and yep. comes back around. It's funny how those like genres can really kind of all be um, I- identified by the person who like was the most innovative in it, like who, who like started it. Yeah. And then everything else becomes like a caricature of itself. Right. You know. Right. Like the right. like the early '90s is a great one because it was like smells like Teen Spirit created that grunge that grunge symbolism that yeah. that, that that at least you know. From a from sure. an aesthetic side of things, yeah, and then it's like okay, well then now every video has to have that that dark, it has to have like the you know that like using light in a weird way, odd faces, yeah, like those. Remember, I think I'm thinking of like those Stone Temple Pilots videos in yeah. particular, you know, yeah, it was just like that from Bush to Sixteen Stone to all those. To, then I think yeah. it like kind of probably peaks at what Tonight Tonight from like a production side of things. Yeah, the the pumpkins, yeah. yeah, melancholy, infinite sadness. I think that was on that album. Yep, that's yeah, that's a great one too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah double album. Uh, oh yeah, it, it, I guess know, we can go on. And great on. era of music, man. Just you know, and it's uh, but and you see a lot of the stuff coming out now, even with movies, they're just remaking the old stuff. Yeah, they're just yeah. covering all the old stuff because it it all goes back to that. You know, that's my but, one issue with today's culture is that it's like there's so you're being inundated with so much information. Yeah, that it's hard to stay on the fast track and the inside scoop of what's good and what's bad. Because I'm a huge fan of like like you, man. I love music. I love movies. I love books, and yeah. it's just hard to keep tabs of everything that's why i can't narrow down like a, a when you ask me about the new breweries coming because i'm getting thrown so much stuff at a time it's oh, like yeah. man i'm just trying to you just try to juggle what's out there and 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 while when you think you got a pulse on it boom here comes here comes some more stuff thrown at you yeah so it's tough to you know and then and then you got to weed through what's good and what's bad and kind of like you know because a lot of it let's be honest it's it's average it's average stuff it's okay mm-hmm. you know it, I think a lot of people got into it for the wrong reason. You know, they they got into it because it was a a trend, right? They saw a way to make some money, but maybe their heart's not into it as much. You know, they they, they don't. They're selling a product that they really don't even know a whole lot about necessarily. Right. And well, it comes down because to like, of that. Yeah, they're selling a lot of stuff that's just eh, it's mediocre. So it, it and that and it makes it tough to kind of you know weave through uh, a lot of what's out there and really get to. And these guys are doing good stuff. Sure, and it's true with music too. Yeah, it's true with music too. Yeah, I was just gonna say that was like my metaphor was like or my analogy was like you can. The, there's nothing wrong with the Eagles. Yeah, a lot of people love them. Sure, they're not my flow. You yeah, know, yeah. but I love the Ramones, and that's like the exact opposite. Yeah. you know. So it's yeah. like I don't even know where right. to go or the Clash. You know. Right. Um, right. But that's kind of to each their own, right? That's why it's so subjective. Abs- absolutely. You know? Just like anything else. So absolutely. when we wrap up here, is there anything that you want to uh, you want to address or? give a shout out to you tell people where they can find you absolutely uh well we're on all the social media outlets 
uh, obviously Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, the whole nine yards. Beergeekspub.com is the website. I always try to update that every day. It's got everything on there from my tap list to the cocktails to food to all the events coming up. We got a summer music series that we're going to be doing for the first time. Oh, cool. Um, starting uh, Memorial Day weekend and running through Labor Day weekend every Saturday night. A lot of the old blues guys that we used to do back in the day. Awesome. You know, we did the Tuesday Blues Day. Yeah. Every Tuesday night for, geez, probably six years. I think I did over 300 shows. So, and it's been gone for a little while. So I'm going to bring back some of those old, some old friends of mine um, to do some shows this summer and uh, just have some fun, have some fun with it. So awesome. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. Yeah, and thanks for Thank again you. being patient with everything. Absolutely. It was, it was a little tough My to pleasure. get up and going. But um, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Jason again. Thanks for coming on. And we have a, I'll give a shout out to the crew too, if we can get a shot of those guys. <laughs> They're the ones putting it all together. And Matt, he's behind the camera. Um, but uh, you can find us at Local219 across all platforms and Local underscore 219 on Twitter. Um, again, I hope this really worked out. This is our first experiment of doing it. So uh, I didn't hear anything slam, and I didn't hear anybody screaming. So it sounds like it at least went, at least went decent. So uh, thanks for watching, and then we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.